Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of NASCAR Radio. This is show number 86 of NASCAR Radio. I'm your pal Val. This is where trading cards and racing meet. Tonight we got the amazing Jason. Jason, how are you? Hey Val, doing well. And the man, the myth, the legend, PSA Hall of Famer, Logan King NASCAR, how are you? Doing good. And our special guest here, Mr. Beans Ball Card Blog, Ken. I am so happy to be here. I appreciate you asking me to join you guys. We're happy to have you, and for good reason, with the start of IndyCar. But we're gonna, first, we're going to talk about the Auto Club Speedway, Xfinity Race, and Cup Race. We're going to talk about the IndyCar Race at St. Petersburg. And then we're going to talk about Topps F1 Blasters. Me and Logan were able to find some. Actually, Jason found some as well. So we'll talk about that. Let's get into it, gentlemen. Uh, we also have NASCAR News and ebay interesting auction so yeah we want to thank our sponsor panini america as well always always the big love for panini america let's shoot over to the xfinity series camping world truck series was off they are back this weekend at the victoria's voice 200 at las vegas motor speedway and it's friday march 4th at 9 p.m Stages are going to be 30, 60, and 134. Practices Friday, 440 to 5, and then qualifying Friday as well from uh, 5 o'clock. So, a little Friday night racing. Yep. And I say, go Lawless Allen. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we need to see some cards for Lawless Allen. So, we need a nickname because last year, last season, it was Ty Freaking Gibbs. And I feel like Lawless Allen is going to be the guy that we talk about every week. <laughs> or at least mentioned that name. So, Logan, your assignment for next week is a nickname. Logan's got some homework. Oh, okay. I, I, I'm up for the task. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Xfinity Series, like I was saying, that was race number two. That was the 23rd Production Alliance Group 300. That was Saturday, February 28th at the Auto Club Speedway in Fontana, California. Our winner was Cole Custer, and highest finishing rookie was Austin Hill. Yeah, it wasn't a good day for the rookies. No, yeah, position 27 for uh, Austin Hill, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was um, a lot of folks were having trouble with that that track. I don't know if they – I saw something about maybe them reconfiguring it or repaving it or whatever, but I was just watching some of the qualifying, and all those drivers were losing losing the back on it or, or when they come across that uh, – back tunnel or whatever yeah and they were hitting those rubber seams you know where they they pour the hot the hot rubber in there to to seam up the track when there's cracks you know they're hitting those and that was kind of shifting the back end of these cars and getting people loose and i mean it was it was pretty bad i was trying to remember who won stages one and two i know i was tweeting about them uh wouldn't it noah gregson i don't think so i think i have to go back and look but Anyway, but Colt Custer, um, he was up front pretty much most of the day, and he was able to pull that off uh, home track for him. Yeah, California boy. Um, you know, Trevor Bain, I was he had a bad pit stop on his first pit stop, and that set the tone for his race, the whole race. It took him literally the whole race to get back up front, and I think he finished third. So, you know, kudos to him with that, that Gibbs car. Yeah, good to see him back. But Cole Custer, we've talked about him. I think he had a win last year or the year before, so we don't talk about him a lot. But, and Jason will know this one here, his rookies are in the, your first cards are in the 2016 Panini Certified. Yes, and I have one. I think you do too. Ooh, Ooh 
movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's card number 87. And of course, there's the different parallels in the certified, I guess it's about nine, 10, with number 99 and lower for the parallels. So the silver, orange, red, blue out of 50 gold, purple, green, and black. And then, of course, there's potential signatures as well. And those are numbered either uh, 287 or lower. So, so some base and some certified autographs and then in prism he only has signatures in the driver's signature series with the unnumbered and then from 75 and lower and then in panini torque in 2016 card 69 there you go and then with the different parallel as well with gold blue red artist proof purple hollow silver hollow gold blackout printing plates the different colors black cayenne magenta yellow and then test proof black cayenne magenta and yellow also 101 so and then driver scripts autographs there with the unnumbered version and then 99 with blue red 49 green to 25 and checkerboard to 10 man i love some checkerboard checkerboard should always be the 101 in every panini card no, period no 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 i need i need more than the 101 checkerboard no i like how they did f1 where it's a insert per pack but but i guess if i had to take a one-on-one i would we can't even get that so <laughs> at least you have a checkerboard shirt well yeah so until i can get checkerboard i gotta get and i can't get checkerboard on the box either for nt but i digress i was hoping i'm gonna do that next race for xfinity series the Alsco uniforms 300 at las vegas motor speedway that's saturday march 5th at 4 30 p.m Stages for the race, 45, 90, and 200. Practices Friday at 6.30. Qualifying is Saturday, 7 p.m. That's wrong. February 26th, so that's wrong. But uh, practice Friday, races on Saturday, 4.30. Yeah, did you see in the Xfinity race, we had a let's go Brandon moment? No, I missed that. Oh, where he hit the uh, he hit those barrels of sand? Bringing out the the red flag, you, you you didn't see that? No, I can't remember. Oh, Saturday, I um Saturday night I had family in town. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, it, it was literally they were coming to the white or yeah, they were coming to the white flag, and he got spun out, and uh, he hit that embankment right there with the sand buckets right there, and put sand everywhere. Of course, they had to go into a red flag, and it took like forever for them to get that that mess cleaned up. But so, yeah, let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. <laughs> yeah, no, now I know why the race had taken so long. So, yeah, but it was already it was already going long before that, but it went way long <laughs> after that. Moving over to the Cup Series. That was race number two. And that was the 25th Wise Power 400. And that was Sunday, February 27th. Auto Club Speedway as well in Fontana, California. The, our winner was Kyle Larson, and our highest finishing record was Austin Cendrick at position 12. So I have a question before we go any further. Was it on purpose or was it an accident? It was an accident. There's, there's no way. <laughs> I I, the only I reason know, I said about NASCAR, but that was not an accident. <laughs> so, uh, Ken, I don't know if you saw that last, I guess it was a couple laps. Chase had spun out. And had issues and was working his way back up. And he got up there in second or third. Joey Logano, I think it was Joey Logano. Who was it? It was uh, Kyle Larson and somebody. I think it was Joey Logano that was there. And 
Chase was had a good head of speed was coming up behind him and Joey was on the bottom. Kyle was kind of in the Larson was kind of in the middle. And so Chase was trying to go high and Kyle Larson came up and kind of put him into the wall. And that was kind of it for him. Uh, so of course, Chase Elliott was very upset about it. But my, my thought was that Kyle Larson had come down to try to side draft him and then moved back up to get away from him. So that's kind of why I thought that. But I could definitely see why other folks would think that he did it on purpose. So we'll see if the trend continues. And then there could be, you know, some issues in the Hendrick camp there. So with two yeah. alpha dogs going at it, you know. Yeah, because later later on, uh, Chase Elliott spun out. And uh, in my opinion, I think it was on purpose. Oh, yeah. He, he says He says it was not. But I think he may have been trying to thwart, you know, any kind of, you know, steam or something that Kyle Larson had and, may, you know, do a restart. And maybe somebody could overtake Kyle Larson on the restart. So, yeah, that was a crazy, crazy thing. And I, I agree with you, Val. I think there's there's some friction in the in the Hendrick camp between Larson and Elliott. Well, I'm not sure, but we're going to find out because, you know, last year Larson was so dominant and, you know, Chase had won the year before that. So we'll see. But so to what Logan, to Logan's point and Chase at kind of at the end of the race had a uh, Larson was kind of driving away with it. Chase had, had like a one car incident that brought out the, the caution. So everybody had to rebunch up. And so people were thinking now maybe Chase had done that on purpose. So I don't know. I guess it's kind of early, early on that, but. We'll see what happens in Las Vegas. Yeah, we'll we'll see. But yeah, you know that was that was a crazy race. I mean, there was a lot of cars spinning out. I mean, heck, even Kyle Busch was brought out the first caution. He spun out. So that tells you how how wild things were. It wasn't like Larson was so dominant like some of these races, and he just drove away with it. There were a lot of issues with a lot of cars that took a lot of cars out. So. You know, it was the the handful or whatever that were left fighting it out. So, yeah, you know, Tyler Reddick, he had the car. Yeah, he had that flat because you know he won both stages, and it was really weird because I don't know what William Byron was doing or thinking, but Reddick he had his flat. He's just kind of coasting through there. Then all of a sudden, whammo, right into the the right side. I mean, excuse me, the left side of uh, Reddick's car. I don't know what Byron was thinking, and he took he took him out at that point because I think he could have recovered. He just had a flat, and if he had gone into the pits, I think he might have been able to come back. But once uh, William Byron hit him, it was game over at that point. Yeah, it was disappointing for Tyler Reddick. But so just to kind of tell you, you know, what kind of the results were here. So Kyle Larson was first, Austin Dillon second, Eric Jones had a great fit, great showing. Yeah, he was up there a good part of the day. Daniel Suarez was fighting it out for the win, uh, for the lead at one point late in the he race. He was leading with two laps to go. Yeah. Joey Logano, Eric Amarola, Kevin Harvick, Kurt Busch, Daniel Hemrick, and Ricky Stenhouse Jr. in 10th. And then Cole Custer, who won the day before, and fell uh, 11th. So that was, that, was a, that was a fun race, though. I mean, I, you know, it, it, to me, it was same book, new chapter with Kyle Larson winning. It's like, oh God, not again. Yeah, we'll we'll see. But so we've covered Kyle Larson's first cards quite a bit last season, but we'll do a kind of a re quick recap. And Logan, if you want to show those, uh, the 2013 Press Pass Fanfare, card number 68, and there's a few different versions of it. 
with the red foil die cut, uh, which is out of retail. Ho the hollow foil die cuts, the sapphire number to 20, silver foil number to 25, the diamond die cuts, serial number to five, which is out of the power pack bonus cards, the green die cuts out of the national exclusive. And then there's two magnificent materials, the silver gloves and gold, also with gloves, serial number to 199 and 50. And then the four different autographs, five different autographs with silver to 225, gold to 125, red to 99, blue to 10, and green to 10. And then he's also in 2013 total memorabilia from Press Pass. That's card number 47. There's a red version out of retail, gold to 275, black and white, number to 99. And then four rising star autographs with the 125, gold to 99, blue to 25, and melding to five, which have seem to be all have dried up mm -hmm. super hard to find now yeah this autograph that i've got i didn't notice until i, I picked it up all ago it's number five of ten <laughs> yeah amazing is that the one i think you got the national it is that's the one i got the national so race number three las vegas motor speedway that's a pennzoil 400 and that's sunday march 6th at 3 30 p.m eastern stages are 85 165 and 267 Practice is Saturday at 1.30. Qualifying is also Saturday at 2.05 to 3.30. Moving over to IndyCar. That was their first race of the season. So that was the 2022 Firestone Grand Prix of St. Petersburg. It was 100 laps. And our winner was Scott McLaughlin. First time winner. Yes. Yeah, that was what his 18th start, I think, Ken. Uh, something like that. Yeah, last year was his rookie year, so yeah. However many races there were last year, plus one, that sounds about right. But yeah, I mean, he was. You know, they said on the race, you know, he was starting after, you know, during his rookie year, and maybe a little after, he was starting to question himself. I mean, he's in. Uh, what's he in? Can't remember what car number he drives. Three. So he's in a Penske. So I mean, he's in. You know, he's in as good of equipment as you can have, and he struggled last year, and this was after you know, dominating in the Australian supercars, they made the comment on the broadcast that he literally won more races in supercars than he did not win. That's dominance in racing. That is. And he, he led 49 of the laps, so. Yeah, and I mean, some of the some of the different changes in the leads, and, you know, even if you look at the laps led throughout there, uh, Dixon led 26, Renus VK led 13. Well, this was a... Uh, there was only one caution. So between the fact, so you had people going on two stop strategies. You had people going on three stop strategies, which, you know, kind of makes, you know, the leader, you know, changes the up the leaders. And then on top of that, I, I not a hundred percent sure how, you know, how well versed in IndyCar you are on road races. You have a black wall tire, which is a firmer last longer tire. Then you have a red sidewall, which is softer, goes faster, but burns up a lot faster. So, you know, half the teams start on one, half the teams start on the other. So, I mean, between that and different pit strategies, there's so many darn things going on in that race. There's, you know, that'll, that'll, that'll keep somebody from leading, you know, 90 out of 100 laps. Right. And I like that it was at the, uh, in the streets there of St. Petersburg. It looks it was pretty nice in Florida. It is. It's a, it's a fun race track. I actually was at that race in 20, uh, 2012. 
And, uh, yeah, it was a good time. It's a good experience. They do a good job down there. Um, it was the same street circuit. Uh, I think they made a minor change a few years ago. But, yeah, it's been the season opener for a while. It's a fantastic race. So I know we, we didn't talk about this, but we'll put you, put everybody on the spot. And Logan mentioned it last time that we're going to pick our who we think is going to be the champ for uh, 2022 in IndyCar. So. And, and the Indy 500 winner. And the Indy 500 winner. So I don't know. I can go first, but I'm toss up between Dixon and McLaughlin. So champ here. I know McLaughlin just won, but I just watching some of it with Dixon. I thought, you know, leading, leading and his pick crew and everything else, Chip Canassi. So that's who I'm picking. So, and then I always like uh, Alex Pillow, I guess, for uh, Indy 500. I'm going last. Okay. okay. I, will, I will respectfully decline to answer because if there's one thing I know, <laughs> nothing about it is in the, in that's the fine. Court. You can, you can uh, opt out. All right. So I'm going with Colton Herta, Brian Herta's son to win the title. Okay. So, I mean, he's, he's a guy who hates to lose. He's, he's, he's a, he's kind of in a way a little bit like Kyle Busch because Kyle Busch hates to lose. So does Colton Herta. He hates to lose. Uh, and for the Indy 500, I'm going with somebody who has a name very similar to mine, Pato Award. <laughs> I knew you were going to do that. <laughs> Kid shaking his head. Boy, Logan's really, uh, he's really taking the uh, low hanging fruit there with his choices. He's really going out on a limb. Well, you can choose the same. It, don't, it doesn't have to be. Yeah. Since you you're the guest, you can pick whoever you want. Oh, my series champ pick is Colton Herta. I said it's the low hanging fruit, but I'm picking it. Too. <laughs> okay. But honestly, if I had a second pick, it would be uh, it would be a ward. And honestly, I agree. Um, honestly, I, I'll still take Herta at Indy as well. But I think a ward would be my other. Like you said, his dad is now his race engineer. I think he might have been last year. But Brian Herta, as an owner, you know, race strategist, has won the Indy 500 twice. Uh, including in, you know, 20, what would that have been? 2011 with Dan Weldon. And then a couple of years ago, he won it again. So just all of that, you know, Colton Herta is, you know, the, the next great American hope um, with the talk that, you know, it sounds like it's getting very close to official that Andretti is going to F1 in a few years. I, I you know, it seems like at least the early rumor and innuendo is Colton Herta will be the driver they're putting everything they got in the Colton Herta basket. So honestly, I would probably pick him to win both and pretty much as close to as you can almost dominate this series, but it's not a series you can dominate. You've got, you know, we had 27 cars and you have probably close to 10 guys, drivers, well guys, because the only female, uh, she is very new. So, you know, screw my political correctness, I guess, but you got about 10 guys on any week that can win a race. And it used to be like that in IndyCar, but the talent has gotten better. The teams have gotten better and they've gotten more cars, you know, since the re, you know, since the merge back in 2007, you know, it wasn't that long ago, uh, they were struggling on a lot of races, uh, 20 cars. And now you had 27 this weekend. I mean, 33 for the Indy 500. And there were times there were no bumps. There's going to be some bumps, not a lot but there's still going to be some bumps. You know, you've almost with these 27, you've almost got the, you only need six more to even run the Indy 500. So. Yeah. I noticed looking at the roster for the season, there's going to be 17 races this year. And there's a lot of look like drivers and specialty that, you know, they're not going to run the whole season, but they're going to run certain races 
Uh, someone was going to run Indy 500. So it, it looked, I said the roster was kind of all over the place trying to uh, get an idea of who's going to be participating. So you will see a lot of that in Indy is something different than NASCAR. I mean, I know in NASCAR, you know, when I was following it, it was just the two road races per year. It was just Watkins Glen and it was just Sonoma. And you definitely had your road course ringers throughout there, but you still kind of have that same thing in with some IndyCar teams because, you know, some of these teams are working on shoestring budgets and they need to finish as good as they can just to keep going. So there are teams where you have one guy driving the oval races and another guy driving the road races. And if I'm correct, that's what Johnson did. Like I know Johnson, Jimmy Johnson only ran road races last year. I just can't remember for sure if somebody ran that car in the oval races or not. But you will see sometimes a handful of teams that, that will do that. And then, like you said, you have guys like Ed Carpenter will come back for the Indy 500. He's an owner, but that's, I believe, his only race this year. Guys like Tony Kanaan will probably end up in a car. The names that, you know, more people are likely to know. So, Ken, let me ask you this. What do you think about Jimmy Johnson in the IndyCar series? So, I like the fact that he's struggling. And the reason I say that is not so much to be a jerk, but it just shows that as great of a driver as Jimmy Johnson is, he really wasn't competitive in road courses last year, in any of his races last year. Mm -hmm. In this race, to be honest, he really could have had a little bit of to do, to have done with the outcome because he held up the leader, mm -hmm. then he let the second-place driver by, who was his teammate, Pelot, and then he held up Will Power, who was in third, who could have potentially caught up to those two. I think it's great for the series. I, I, you know, I do want to see him start to have some success because as he has success, more word will get out. But it is, you know, you have guys, so say, uh, what year was it, 2013, that Almendinger came over and ran Indy, and Kurt Busch came over and ran Indy, and I believe Busch finished fourth. And Almondinger finished top 10. Now, granted, Almondinger had run champ car before, so he's a little different. But when you see those guys come over and just run top five at Indy, it's like pfft, any of these NASCAR guys can do it. And it's not really the truth because the disciplines are so different. Mm -hmm. um, but I think it's good. I, like I said, I would like to see him start to have a little more success so that, you know, some people say, hey, look, Jimmy Johnson's over there now. And maybe he's not quite dominating like he does did NASCAR again. Not all things are equal. Put him in the car 10 years ago. Who knows? But, you know, I like the fact that he's over there. I like I like the fact that he came over. I like, you know, we talked about, you know, I might mention the Indy Lights race, that Ernie Francis Jr., who's a seven-time Trans Am champion, he's running the Indy Lights series, which is kind of the Xfinity series of IndyCar, um, working his way up. Not as big of a fan of the F1 guys that can't keep a ride in F1 deciding they want to come over and take a ride away from somebody else, but that's just me being bitter. So there was a long answer to a short question. Well, I know on the broadcast I were talking about Jimmy, even his his times from last year are better. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, same same track. So there is definitely you know a learning curve, and you know again with NASCAR, you know it, you could be a great driver. You need the team and the crew chief and everything else. So I know. With the Lowe's team, with Jimmy, they had, you know, the perfect storm there. So, I don't know, uh, you know, they're trying to snap those pieces together in, in uh, IndyCar. So, it's a little bit of a learning curve. But uh, Scott McLaughlin, I did find out he does have some cards. Uh, doesn't look looks like uh, 2013 in the V8 Supercars. Uh, I got this off of Trading Card Database. If you're not uh, familiar with that, I would recommend it for any sport to look up cards. So, and then also 2020 green light IndyCar series. 
I'm not sure which one that is. There's no numbers on that, but those are uh, diecast. Okay, so the cards, cards and diecast. Yeah, but they're really not even like uh, they don't even remind me of like the old racing champions where you had the driver on there. It's more just a name and a number. It's almost like a placard of some sort. Gotcha. Um, it's yeah, it's nothing. It's nothing great. I mean, I it, it would be cool. It would be fine for getting signed or something like that. But as far as standing in as a trading card, unfortunately, they're just not there. Gotcha. So that's that's the only thing with uh, I'd like to see some more cards for the IndyCar driver. So. Yeah, yeah. You know, like we did mention though that you know out of twenty seven, I'd say about a third of those drivers do have cards somewhere. A couple of the guys were in that two thousand seven IndyCar set. Elio Castro Nevis was in that. Uh, Scott Dixon was in that. But there, I found Takuma Sato is in the two thousand five Futura Formula One set. Oh, I forgot Marco Andretti's not in the series anymore. But uh, Graham Rahal and Will Power have both been in Goodwin Champions in the last two to three years. Um, you have a couple of guys like Grosjean and uh, Iliot that were in that first F1 set. So, I mean, they, you know, you kind of have to mix and match. You know, there were a couple of drivers. Dixon was also in Dixon Power. Castro Nevis were also in Press Pass Legends one, uh, one or two years, along with some other guys that have retired since then. So, you know, there's a little bit of it out there, but you really have to piece it together and, you know, you have to know kind of what you're looking for. But, yeah, you sure can't put a full grid together of cards, that's for sure. No, I wish somebody would actually do, we've talked about it before, the Avalon Hill. Somebody created an, a card a game with cards uh, for any car. That might be a good way to get some Man, some I would cards. I, I would take anything. Uh, I mean, we can, you know, I, I'll get into, you know, I, I'll go ahead and say it now. I watched your guys' video of uh, you guys opening those F1 blasters, and I'm just sitting there, and all I can think of is, man, what if those were IndyCar cards? I, I was I was salivating. I probably had to wipe my chin a couple of times just <laughs> thinking about the possibilities. You were Homer Simpson thinking about donuts, huh? <laughs> but I'm a big guy, so I probably was also thinking of donuts. But you know. <laughs> I feel like that has to happen soon. With the way that some of the manufacturers are losing licenses, you know, tops being at the top of that list, and they've done so well with F1. And I think, you know, looking back, it doesn't seem like as huge of a gamble now as it did two or three years ago. But I know when I saw tops was making F1 cards, I thought, who in the who in their right mind is going to buy these? And obviously, with the prices. There are people out there that are, you know, opening their wallets for these cards. And I, ju I just think Tops is a good example of making something work that I think most people probably thought wasn't going to. And IndyCar seems to fit that bill as well. I mean, especially if you can go back and get some of the legends, you know, and I'm, I'm sure this isn't like the top of anybody's list. But like, you know, if they can incorporate Andretti's and then even like, Danica Patrick, I mean, she's still a name regardless of whatever happened. You know, there are still people out there that collect. So I feel like that's going to happen within one or two years that people are just going to, or not people, but brands are just going to be looking for licenses to grab because they've lost other things. I mean, they're going after college sports, kids, and then Tops was announced this week that they're going to make tennis cards. Right. So as, as much as I can be critical of the card manufacturers, 
and I am. There, there's no doubt about it. Uh, you guys have probably all seen it on social media. I'm not going to blame the. I'm not going to blame the card manufacturers for this one. Just based on what I know, without getting into too much detail, but I know that you guys know. I'm just going to say that I don't think that IndyCar probably cares. Wants. They're not exactly the easiest at least in my experience, to get along with. Now, granted, that was pre-Roger Pinsky owning the series, so things may change because he has that cross into NASCAR and saying, you know, what does happen with NASCAR. So maybe there's a change down the road. But I, I really blame that more on IndyCar than I would Topps, Panini, Upper Deck, Leaf, or anybody else. Well, next race for IndyCar, Texas Motor Speedway. Expel 375. That's going to be Sunday, March 20th at 12:30 p.m. So that's almost in your backyard there. I may or may not be there. Yeah, it's about a it's about a 45 minute to an hour drive, depending on traffic and all of that fun stuff. That's also real close to uh, WrestleMania, which is in which is in Arlington. WrestleMania is like 15 minutes away. Well, there's a lot of wrestling things going on, and my uh, you know my buddy Gary wants to uh, hit up some wrestling stuff, so we. May see how it all materializes, but it'll be nice. It, it, is someone potentially going? It's nice that it's now in March and not in June in Texas. Yeah, <laughs> that's like going to Talladega when they had it in July. I went to a July race at Talladega, and this is the one and only time that the inside of my ears were sunburned and peeling. It was that hot. I, I don't even it. have. I don't even have words for that. It, it was terrible. It was absolutely freaking terrible. <laughs> Man. Um, do you want to go into some NASCAR news? You want to go to F1? Uh, let's go. Let's do a little news. I got a little bit of news for you guys. This past race in California, it earned a 2.61 rating with 4.57 million viewers, which that was down from the second race of last year, which was the Daytona road course, remember? And that one had 4.75 million viewers. So it was a little bit down, but it was still good. And not only that, it was, again, the most watched sporting event of the weekend. So I don't know what else was on, but it was the most watched event, period. So that was good. So, you know. How was attendance? Huh? How was attendance? I, I don't know. It. It looked pretty good on TV. I mean, I, to me, it didn't look like it was sold out, but I don't know how many people they had. Yeah. So They're the reason I all ask, those stars, that's all. The reason I ask is because towards the end of the race, the announcer said, and everybody in the stands is on their feet, this packed capacity or whatever. And then the cameraman showed the crowd, and it was clearly not, you know, a sold out. I mean, there were tons of gaps, which it was the end of the race. I can, I understand some people leave events early and stuff like that, but like I, that was my thought of these guys need to get on the same page of what they're videoing versus what they're saying. But then it made me wonder, well, what was the attendance? You know, because I knew Daytona had sold out. Yeah, no, I don't know if they sold out. I didn't hear anything official about that, but. I'm like you, Jason. I mean, even throughout the race, there it, the stands were not completely full, but you know they did have a good crowd. I mean, it is you know California, so I mean, there's a lot of other things to do in California than go to a NASCAR race. So something else that NASCAR is working on right now, 
and I don't know if you guys have heard this or not, but NASCAR is actually working with the city of Chicago to bring a street course race in 2023. That would be so incredibly just neat and cool and far out and groovy and all those words. It would be it would be so neat. But they're still working on it. They're they're having to work uh, with the mayor and they're working with the there's a sports commissioner exec that they're having to work with. So they're still in talks, but they're they're thinking if they can't get it for next year, hopefully they can get it for 2024. So, man, can you imagine a, a you know, a road course NASCAR race in the streets of Chicago going down the million dollar mile or going by, you know, I still call it Sears Tower or you know, going by the, the you know, the lakefront or whatever. I mean, that would be just incredible. Lower Wacker so, Drive. Yeah. So I so I have a question on that. Again, not following NASCAR as much, you know, the last 20 years. I was in it in the 90s. Uh, when's the last time they actually had a street course race? Is that something they have? I know you've they've expanded to more, you know, left and right turns in the few last few years. But when was the last time they actually had a street race? Or do we even know? I'm I'm going back in my mind here. You know, they did have some airport races back in the 50s where they raced. You know, kind of like what IndyCar's done, you know, racing at various airports and, you know, running a course on that. But I'm, I can't remember. I honestly can't remember. That's a very good question, Ken. Well, uh, and so the reason, I, the, the reason I ask is because IndyCar has done that. Uh, obviously, there you go. St. Pete, we just had a street race. So mm-hmm. the reason I, the only reason I say that is because back of my mind, I know that in the past, Formula One tried to have one in New York. Guess what my thing is, is you have to shut those streets down for so long, so many weeks, like usually two weeks in advance, I believe in what I've heard. And it just makes me wonder if it went, you know, they may get close and then the kibosh gets put on it because they're like, this is Chicago. Our traffic sucks as it is. We can't. I hope I'm wrong because I think it would be extremely cool to see stock cars on the streets. But th- that's one thing that gives people or pause based on, like I said, I, they had tried in the 80s to do that, 80s or 90s to do that with uh, Formula One in New York, and it got it got shut down. And definitely not trying to play Debbie Downer. It just does concern me that they'll do that. I, I think it would be I I would absolutely watch that. Uh, I mean, I'm not I'm not going to watch more than a handful of NASCAR races a year, but I would absolutely tune in for that bad boy. Yeah, that would be a, a ratings giant, no doubt. The other thing I was thinking of, did I hear them say that the NASCAR, like with this new car, is the front a little higher than it used to be? I believe it is, because if you look at those cars with a head-on shot, you can see that that there, there's a pretty big gap between that that spoiler on the front, you know, versus what they had last year. There's not as they're not as close to the ground, but what they have done with these cars this year is they have like Indy cars now. The whole bottom is you know is covered. You know, so I think it's a thing to try to, uh, you know, reduce the, the the cars from flipping, which apparently that hasn't fixed that because the cars are still flipping. But but yeah, so you, they have a completely enca- enclosed in case where you want to call it bottom on these cars now, which is they've never had that in the past ever. Real big. And, and the reason I car. ask. And the reason I ask, yeah, like a matchbox, absolutely. The reason I ask yeah. is because I know they used to be so low. Like, I mean, we were talking, what, like an inch from the ground? This thing, you know, the street courses, you're running on normal roads. 
So you're dealing with bumps. You're dealing potentially with potholes. And when those cars were so low to the ground, this new car, you know, I think it would actually work a lot better than for if for no other reason than that alone. If they're an extra inch or two high, you just got that little clearance because you would even get sparks, you know, during night races. Some in NASCAR, didn't you? Like when you were full yeah, fuel we and all that, you get sparks. You thought you got sparks on an oval track? Wait till you get on a street course. Because mm -hmm. yeah, they're yeah. you're driving on the streets you and I are driving on. And let's be honest, it's Chicago. Chicago winters are not the easiest, so I'm gonna guess those city roads are not perfect. No, I you, you can bet they're not. You know, potholes and all, but I'm sure. If they have a, a, a road course like this, they'll probably get out there and do a lot of paving and, and patching and fixing. So. They'll try, but they're like I said, in a lot of in a lot of cases, at least with IndyCar, you know, you'd still get like I said, you'd have like almost rumble strips or something where just stuff happens. But, so in, in in IndyCar, do they have to to weld shut the manhole covers to keep them from getting sucked up? Honestly, I have no idea. I've never thought about that. I don't know what they do to be honest. They might have to think about that. Four brains are better than one. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed. That's really about all the, the big news that I've got for NASCAR news. All right. Well, we can move over to F1. A few of us were able to find some F1 blasters. <laughs> you weren't looking. <laughs> so I guess you guys want me to go first. So I was the first one to find them on... Thursday, Wednesday, I think. Wednesday or Thursday? No, it was yeah. definitely Thursday. Definitely Thursday. Okay. So whatever that is, February 23rd or 4th or something. The Walmart that I was at near Baltimore had five boxes, five blasters. I grabbed one, walked away, decided that I should go back. By the time I walked back, somebody else had the other four in their arms. But I've only seen blasters. I haven't seen fat packs or cello packs or anything like that. I opened mine minus one pack because I save sealed packs. So I have one pack sealed, but uh, I'll go over my results. And I know you guys will too with yours. With the blasters, there are the foil parallels and there's four per box, which is pretty decent. The price was still 20 bucks. Uh, their prices for the blasters haven't gone up like the Panini stuff has. So four foil uh, parallels per box that are exclusive to retail and they are in packs. They're not like in a separate cello pack altogether. Um, and then I got, I got one color parallel, which was an aqua Lewis Hamilton. So it wasn't terrible. Um, but you know, it's one of the 20 Lewis Hamiltons in the box. So mine was number like 171 or something like that. One of the racing, like results out of 199. So I will let you guys go next. I know you guys did way better than me. Um, and especially the Hall of Famer did really well on his box. So you guys tell your results and then I have some more F1 tops news. Well, I'll, I'll go next, I guess. I literally went to at least, and I've been, I was talking with Val on the phone as I was doing some of this. I, I think I've been to at least 15 Walmarts. Holy man. Yeah. Yeah. I was driving, I think it was an hour each way to pick up uh, some 2008 Speedway or whatever it was. So I was talking to Logan the whole way because he was stopping, I think, to every every Walmart within, what, 100 miles? 
No, now, in all fairness, you guys went in the afternoon, correct? I was there. Saturday. Yeah, I went at six in the morning. So you got to get up early to get to these stores, guys. Yeah. Well, I, I you know, I guess I should have gotten mine was luck though. Mine was luck. So no, I know, I know. Logan went out Friday night for some. I did. I went out Friday night. Uh, I went went north of of Memphis and did my thing. And then Saturday morning, I got up real early and went south into Mississippi. But anyway, I was only able to find blaster boxes in one Walmart. Got three boxes. I've opened up two of them so far. I've still got still got the other one right here. I'm probably gonna do a video for that one eventually. And but Val and I actually did a video, and it's 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 on it's on Val's YouTube channel. It's also on mine as well. And you can see what we did. But we had we did we both did really good. It was amazing. In my box, in one pack, I got, and I'll show you guys. I got a gold. It's um George Russell. It's a gold card, and it's number fourteen of fifty. That was one of the cards. So and I then, see it's in a card saver. Is it going straight to PSA? <laughs> uh, I don't know if this one is or not, but the next one definitely is. And then the, the other card in that pack was the Max Verstappen Orange out of 25, numbered 25 of 25. And this is his, this is his, you know, his first card in the set, card number three. So it's it's the main card. Both of these were in the same pack. It, it was totally unbelievable uh that and the odds if you look at the odds I, I i don't have the odds in front of me but the odds of getting any kind of color are are pretty high and getting gold and orange cards is like astronomical uh so it this tells me that i don't know how tops packed all this stuff out but you know we're hearing the same reports of people getting a lot of color in these blaster boxes and uh you know for a lot cheaper price so uh, I'm impressed with those blasters so far. My second blaster, I got like a, it's an F2 car. I don't remember who the driver was, but it was just one of those aqua cards. So, you know, I was able to get color in both of my boxes and that's not even guaranteed if you look at the odds on the box. In fact, you might be able to, to read some of the odds. I don't know if this is going to focus in or not. You know, Val's looking at it right now. There we go. The odds are extremely high of getting any color. So I was impressed with these boxes. Who knows what's going to be in this one? We'll find out eventually. But we did we did really good. Um, I just wish I could have found more for my efforts. Uh, but apparently, you know, I'm just going to say say it like it is. The the flippers were out in force, and they they scored a lot of boxes because I went to a lot of places, a lot of these WalMarts where you could see the empty hole because they had just restocked. You could see the empty hole where the F1 cards were. Congrats to those guys. I mean, they're going to do well, I think. I think anybody that buys these things off of eBay is going to probably do well, too. So that's that's my two cents on it. Now, I haven't checked since we originally talked about this, but the day that I found them, so that 23rd or 24th or whatever, they were about 85 on eBay later in the day once people started finding them. Is that what you guys have seen? Have you seen a different price since then? Gone up, gone down? What have you What have you guys seen? They've gone down, but not by a lot. They're about fifty to sixty dollars a piece on on eBay right now. And these, keep in mind, these are twenty dollar blasters when you when you buy them at Walmart when you can find them. Well, with mine, uh, I knew they were coming out. Got to give a shout out to Matt, I'm my buddy Matt. He, um, I kind of let him know about it, and I uh, was working, but he was able to score me a few. 
and uh, I mean, you can't beat it for the twenty dollars. And uh, I think you you point, you know, there's so much color in there that I, either they were packed wrong or whatever. Because Logan, we went through the odds of getting stuff. You sh- you know, getting gold cards out of out of the ratios. We're getting them. Uh, the two boxes I've opened, I got gold, two golds in one, and in, in uh, gold and a uh, orange in the other. Out of the two open. Oh, and I got a, a relic to boot. So it, they seem to be loaded. And I saw a comment on one of the F1 face group, Facebook groups basically said, you know, stay away from the hobby boxes. Spend your money on the blasters. You're going to get more color. Basically, I think the hobby is you get the checkered flag per pack, but they're willing to give that up for, you know, the four foils and then the color and, and the better shot at a relic. So I don't know what exactly happened. And we, I think we talked about it last week as well, that, you know, the, the prize where you can do the entry form and stuff that uh, should have been in last November or last October. So I don't know if there was, they just packed them to get rid of them and the odds are wrong on stated on the box or whatever or the pack. So, but if you can find them for retail, they're definitely a hot buy. You know, if you can get them a little over maybe, but I, I'm not sure about, you know, the $80 a box, but, they're a lot of fun. Really enjoyed them. I got another one of myself, and I'll probably uh, bust that on video as well. So, well, tell tell everybody what you got. You put me on the spot. Uh, what again? Well, the, you got. I know you got two. You, you you got the same kind of thing that I did. You got two gold cards in one pack. Right. And um, Oscar Pasantri and. Fernando Alonso, uh, that's numbered out of 50, and the other one's out of 25. And then two golds, card 143, numbered the fi- number 50, and then the other one's out of 50 as well. So, and then, of course, the the relics. So, I mean, you can't beat that with two, two blaster boxes and the, and the foils. Now, I did not get any base of Lewis Hamilton or base of Max Verstappen or any of that stuff, nor image variations, but... I mean, I think it was 10 packs of box. It was 10 packs, six cards a pack. So you got that's 60 right. cards. Yeah, that's what they were saying, too, is that you get 60 cards. You know, you get a lot of cards out of the, out of the blaster. And how big is that set? Uh, I think we said 175. So 175. I know they do the race winners and stuff like that. And, you know, they used to do that in Max and Upper Deck and all of that back in the day with NASCAR. What's what are your guys' personal thoughts on those? Do you like those as a way to get additional Lewis Hamilton cards into the set, or do you like the smaller set, just one per driver? And... I mean, not they. I think went above and beyond. It's not only the race winner, but then they have um, the driver of the day, and then they have all the F two cards, F two drivers, and then F one. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of what what are the other cards in the, and then they have cars of the car so it's a lot of cars i, know, I would yeah, like it smaller i would i would too i would like it to be a smaller set interesting yeah i know that is a when i was collecting as a teenager like i said in the mid to late 90s collecting nascar i hated the uh the car cards you know they were definitely not that desirable i didn't like the race winners but now that i'm older and going back and you know i'm collecting dale earnhardt I like all of those additional cards. Um, I like the concept of seeing him holding a trophy or something like that. Or, uh, you know, when they do the car cards, and they don't do this in F1 IndyCar. IndyCar maybe every once in a while because they will alternate sponsors. 
but different paint schemes, you know, for Earnhardt. He had the Wheaties, he had the Atlanta Olympic, you know, all those different ones over the year. And I actually, you know, 25 years removed actually like those. So that was why I was curious what your guys' thoughts were. Yeah, no, I think I think it should be a shorter set. Uh, you know, they even have some team principals in there. You know, they've got Toto Wolf, which is the team principal for Lewis Hamilton and some of the other guys. You know, I mean, I guess it's all fine and good, but I, I think 100 or 125 cards would be plenty for that set. See, I'm going to – I agree but disagree at the same time with you guys just because if this was, you know – Dynasty is the wrong example, but a higher end set, I would say, yeah, okay, this is a problem. But with it being flagship, you know, for F1, and this is, you know, the basic tops that's geared to be three, four dollars a pack. If this is the one time that you can get those guys a year, I'm fine with it. You know, don't put them in sapphire and stuff like that. But uh, you know, the flagship, let them let them have their glory for you know one set and and then move on. But 20 Lewis Hamilton cards, you know, maybe we can stop that. So, Well, I'm curious to see what's going to happen because in five days, the Formula One Chrome is going to re- get ready to drop. So now we'll, you know, F1 base, last year's base. So this is going to actually be, uh, what will these 2020s or 2021s and the 2022s are going to hit, but it's a new version. So is there any insight into whether or not they're going to have blasters of chrome i think they have the light box i think we talked about that there's a little yeah, different configuration is okay. a light yeah. box but okay. it's, i mean that's you know these at twenty dollars the other ones are, are pretty heavy what are they like five six hundred dollars box and then i think the light version was a few hundred as well of course this is from you know the big three so i don't know what it's going to be on Top's website or Top's UK's website for the 10, 15 seconds they go on sale. <laughs> maybe the uh, secondary market, maybe the prices will drop on those uh, regular Top's blasters. So maybe I can get in on that. Yeah. You know, everybody's, everybody's, everybody always wants the late, latest and greatest. I find it interesting that they are that close based on the fact that, you know, how many F1 sets are there a year? I'm sure that it has something to do with production and all that, but they this is awfully close. This is awfully bang bang back to back on these things. Yeah, and I think I was saying that. So the F one, the blasters, that's the that should have dropped in last July. So it's it's this late. And to your point, so I checked this morning or checked this afternoon, and so the F one Chrome is still on track. A Dynasty, I think, is coming out here in another month. I think uh, stickers will be in the summer, and then I expect the F one flagship to be out in the summer as well so but you know there's a there's a lot here uh we got dunners coming out in uh 12 days as well so great time for be a race race card collector yeah hey i found the odds on the blaster box for Mm -hmm. gold it's one in 441 packs and orange is one in 881 so that tells you something's going on because we're not the only ones that have had this kind of luck if you look on eBay or some of the Facebook groups or whatever, you're going to see that there are similar circumstances happening throughout the country with these. So I don't know if, if a lot of these cars didn't make it into the hobby box and they packed out everything else they had or, or what happened, but whatever happened, I'm glad for it because you know, these blasters are really nice. And now you say that there's one guy who opened four blasters and got three relics and wow. the relics. And, you know, he also got plenty of, 
the gold and and other stuff as well. So I mean, the, the odds on that are like astronomical. What type yeah. of relics do they have? What are they? Are they sheet metal? No, I think they're all fire fire suit. Okay. Yeah, relics are one in three hundred packs. One in three hundred, right? So he got three out of four boxes. He got three out of thirty, <laughs> or forty, forty packs. Yeah. So yeah, something's going on here. I don't know what it is, but that I guess that's you know the blasters are. I think even at even if you paid thirty, maybe even forty dollars, I think you're probably there's some value in there for you. I'm just gonna throw this against the wall. Take it for what it's worth. Could there be something? You know, we've talked. You know, we've been hearing for two years about how production. You know, they're maxed out almost at what they can do. Is there a chance that there's less of the base than was previously intended so now just odds are getting better on all of those other things um i know that when panini lost their hockey license they basically did a dump into some of their stuff and they like i pulled a a card that has six autographs on it of like ovechkin and four other hall of famers and like we were beating the odds in every box and so i wondered if maybe like i said just they said hey we're not going to print as much of this because we've got this coming behind it and I don't know, just like I said, just throwing it against the wall. Well, that's a that's a good point, Ken. I, I think that, that that could very well have happened. Uh, you know, and, and that also begs the question: with these all these things coming out of the blasters, is this going to make the the hobby box price go down? Because gosh, it was like six and seven hundred dollars when it first hit. Yeah, I checked them today. They're four fifty at um, one of the big three. I think they're less than that on eBay right now. I think they're they're in the three fifty three hundred to three fifty range on eBay. Definitely. And then I know there was some news at the Tops Industry Summit or Industry Conference about F1 as well. So what I have is that they I'm not exactly sure what all was included in these packs. And maybe you guys can help me. Um, I know they gave out some packs and they included some F1 Tops flagship cards, but they have a little specialty logo tops industry conference um up in the in one of the corners underneath the tops logo but in looking at the f1 group on facebook and courtesy of ivan lovegren from go gts um i guess apparently he's done some math with the assistance of sports source 2 and that's a name i'm unfamiliar with but by their estimation, there are between 75 and 90 of each driver. Um, the math is less than 300 attendees, possibly less than 250 at the conference, two packs per attendee, three cards per pack, 20 drivers in the set. Um, and they look exactly like the flagship set that we've been talking about coming out of the blasters in the hobby. But except they have that logo. Um, and currently, there are no completed sales that I can find. And this is one of those tough ones where do you type Formula One? Do you type F1? You know, what are people looking for? Either way, I cannot find any completed listings for these cards yet or any sold listings. Um, but there are two different Lewis Hamilton cards on eBay and one. And I think Logan Solis, correct me if I'm wrong. One is $3,500 and one is $5,000. Is that correct? 
something like that. Yes, that is what that's what people are asking right now. I don't I cannot see those kind of prices, but we've seen crazier things. So yeah, yeah. for sure. And then the one that's five thousand is actually the sealed pack. It's not just the single card. And Lewis Hamilton's on top. Um, the only thing I don't know is, like I said, what's what all was in the packs. If it's just three cards from the F1, or if it's three cards, one is F1 and the other two are from the other licenses that they have. I'm not sure. I thought, or I guess from Ivan's post was that it was three. Okay. That's what I thought, but I wasn't positive, you know, enough to give a definite answer. Um, But if there's 75 to 90 of these per driver, it's not a a really low number but when you consider the option to get them is to either go to the conference or purchase on a secondary market it's not like oh i can buy packs and get them at walmart or target and stuff that 75 to 90 is more scarce than 75 to 90 print run of something in a pack at least that's always been been my opinion because of the difficulty in getting these and how hungry the F1 fans are for stuff. Oh, yeah, for sure. You want to say something, Logan? I'm sorry. Oh, no. I just I just going to say that you know, there's just going to be such a huge demand that there's the, the supply is going to be way lower than the than the size of the demand. I mean, there's going so that's probably going to drive prices. I don't know if if 5,000 or 3,500 is the price for Lewis Hamilton, but I guess we can watch those eBay auctions and see what happens. That's a great segue into eBay auctions. Okay, and, and and as I look at the clock, we are already over an hour. <laughs> yeah, that's and what I was saying. As Val, as Val lowers his head down, going, "Oh boy, here we go again." <laughs> yeah, let me do. I'll do a few eBay auctions. I'll just keep it quick. As usual, I have a big long list, but I never even do half of them. So this week, uh, let me start out with the highest selling card of the week. This was on the twenty third. It was a 1966 Panini Jim Clark rookie card in a PSA 9, and it sold for $5,600 with 21 bids. So people are delving back into the the history of Formula One and picking up these these goats, so to speak. Um, You know, before the pandemic, you could have probably bought this card for, for nothing. But now with all the interest of F1, there's a huge demand for the history, it looks like, as well. So, you know, $5,600 for a 1966 Panini Jim Clark rookie card, or rookie, I believe it's a sticker. But, yeah, that was the highest card of the week. Um, a few other things that I saw on here was um, a Lewis Hamilton. For This is going to be from the 2021 Topps Formula One that we've been talking about. A Lewis Hamilton relic card. It's blue, number four of 99 went for $600 with best offer accepted. They, they were asking $799.99 and it looks like they settled on 600. So uh, these relic cards are getting, getting a lot, a lot of love as well. Um, Another cool card that I saw was on the 27th and I actually bid on this and lost. It was a 2000 maximum young, young lions, Jimmy Johnson. It was a PSA 10. It ended up going for $305.48 with 13 bids. Man, I wanted that card, and apparently somebody else wanted it more than me. I think we had that in our top 10. 
Yeah, that's one of our top 10 Jimmy Johnson cards. And that was a PSA 10. And that is the only one. I think there's a couple PSA 9s. But that is so far the only PSA 10 of that card. Yeah, that's a die cut, and that's there was a one per box. Yeah, so I mean, you 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 may get somebody else and not Jimmy Johnson in those cards, but yeah, that's a cool card. It's a nice looking card. It's got a lion in the background that's kind of uh, outlined in gold, and it's got a picture of Jimmy Johnson on it. Uh, and of course, it's die cut, so it's it's a it's a very nice card. In fact, I think I've got one that's it. I don't know if it's at the PSA or I've got it in a stack to send to PSA. But uh, that's something I'm, I'm going to try to do. So something else that I saw, you know, we've had a, a lot of Haley Deegan mania. But to me, yeah, yeah. It seems like it's starting to settle down, Ken, because check this out. This was, this was on March 1st, 2021, Donruss, downtown Haley Deegan. It's a case hit, right? It went for a mere $120 which I think is cheap you know? and there was only one bid on it. If I had seen it, I probably would have bid on that. Cause I think that's the only one I need of the downtowns from that year. And I just don't have it in my safe searches, but yeah, the Haley, Haley, you know, all the Haley mania I think is, is dying down. And she's going to probably have to start really stepping it up on the, in the truck series to get a little bit more love. So um, how was the title? Was there, is there anything weird about the title? Yeah, I, I don't know. I'll read it to you. This is exactly how it read. 2021 Donruss Racing Downtown, Haley Deegan, Case Hit, Super Short Print. Don't let this get away. <laughs> it went for $120 with one bid. Hmm, no, sounds pretty normal. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought too. So maybe, it's, I don't know what happened. You know, some auctions just kind of slip under the radar like that, you know. It, it just happens. Everybody's after the only thing missing. Oh, the the only thing missing from that description was look. Yeah, yeah with the little at signs. <laughs> for the, <laughs> I hate that. Anytime I ever see any, any auctions like that, if, if it's something I really don't need, I just stay away from it. I just don't like that at all. It's so annoying. Same, same. Yeah, it's one of those hobby annoyances for sure. Um, and and to, to keep on with Haley Mania, here's a, here's something else too on the twenty eighth. A 2021 Panini Prism Lava Flow, Haley Deegan, $54, 30 wow. bid, $54. May remember that thing was hundreds of dollars, not all also that a long case ago. Hit, right? No, you get a few, a few a case, but no, it's a case hit. It's remember okay. it kind of alternates between that one and the uh, Color Blast in the yeah. case. So yeah, when I saw those two things, it's like hmm, something's going on here. One one thing I did see that, <laughs> that I liked, <laughs> and you guys are gonna love this one too. This was on the twenty seventh, two thousand five. Press pass eclipse, skid marks. Jeff Gordon. It went for a whopping ninety nine cents with one bid. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and uh, something else that, that I thought was also a good deal that somebody got. And I, I, I may leave it at this. Um, 2020 score Ty Gibbs, and this is his rookie auto, right? Number 46 of 149 went for fifty dollars. That's pretty low, and that's pretty good for whoever got it. I think. Yeah, well, uh, these last two Xfinity races, I don't think he's he's been up there, but then he's uh, for whatever one reason or another dropped back. So, yeah, he hasn't had the start of the season I thought he would have. 
Yeah, I thought I was, I was expecting a little bit more from Tafrik and Gibbs. Yeah, I'm him and Barry and uh, some of the other guys. So we'll see how it uh, how it goes for him. But just an opportunity to buy, right? Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, for fifty dollars for a rookie autograph that's numbered, that's a pretty good deal. Um, I, I'll do one more. This is on the twenty fourth. It's uh, a Dale Earnhardt Jr. twenty twenty one National Treasures one of one booklet autograph of course and it had the chevy logo it went for seventeen hundred and fifty dollars buy it now so somebody somebody went click and just bought it so wow. i guess it's not bad there's a lot of good stuff out there and we've talked about it before man i see i, I go through all these things and i see these results and it's like man i'd have bid on that if i saw it but you just can't see everything <laughs> there's just so much out there yeah. <laughs> between the new stuff the old stuff and like I said, we're getting ready to get Dunros here in a few weeks. Yeah. And then next, and then next week, everybody's going to want to listen. It marks our third year anniversary of NASCAR Radio. Yay! Go, go NASCAR Radio! Three years. Congratulations, guys. Yeah. Who would have thought? But uh, I don't know if you guys have any more. Uh, anything else you guys want to talk about? I do have one thing I want to say. Sure. Shout out to Jorlando for. Going to work with uh, Collectible as the, I guess he's going to be the president of, uh, or yeah, the president of the company. Uh, you know, Collectible is, you know, they sell fractional shares of, you know, collectibles, not not only trading cards, but other things as well. So uh, I expect big things from, from that company now that Joe's going to be at the helm. So uh, congratulations, Joe Orlando, for if some weird reason you're listening to us right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the market is been interesting with the consolidation and folks moving around and you know it seems like just the market is the strongest i've ever seen it with the companies the number of companies and then the consolidation between some of the companies so a lot of offerings and we'll see what what kind of shakes out and who who survives yeah that's for sure and it's not necessarily a bad thing it's just you know we, we see it in other industries as well so that's but, all i got jason Nope, nothing to add. Ken, any final thoughts? Nope, nothing really to add. Just if Where can anybody... folks... Yeah, that's right where I was going. I am Beans B-Card blog on Twitter, which is probably where I'm most active. If I'm anywhere else, I'm on uh, Instagram. I'm actually here on YouTube. Um, Beans Ball Card blog. That's actually my title in my little thingy there. And I did, ra- I did, uh, I did release a 30-minute recent racing pickups video a couple days ago, or yesterday. Well, I guess when this goes live a couple days ago. But anyway, if you want to check that out, I've definitely been more into racing than anything else lately. So maybe if you want to check my channel out, give me a sub. Maybe you'll see some more good stuff in the future. Yeah, I love some of your pickups. All those Earnhardt autos and uh, other stuff. Very, really nice. Yeah, I mean, the last couple years, I kind of come in and out of the racing. You know, it's seasonal because I do have interest in so many things, but I've realized that I do think the racing and specifically the IndyCar and the Dale Earnhardt stuff is just kind of where it's kind of my happy place. It makes me happy. I don't regret ever buying that stuff. So hopefully I can remain focused and kind of stay there, but Jason's known me a long time and he knows how focused I am. (laughs) Hey, no uh, no comment. One quick comment on your hat, Ken. I can't tell what that is. Is that AJ Foyt on your you hat? You got it. I thought it was. Is that, that's a Copenhagen car, right? 
It is the Copenhagen car. I don't have that. I don't. Uh, they don't have it on their website, but I will promote for them because I literally do love these hats. Uh, but it's called Throwback Brand. Um, you can find them, I think, on pretty much all the social social medias and stuff. But they use the Richardson brand blank mesh backs, and they are literally the most comfortable of any mesh back I've ever had. I love them. I mean, I'm not getting paid squat by them. I bought these two hats, but. I do love what they do, and they do have a lot of race, you know, a lot of drivers, and like you said, they're throwback brand, so it's mostly the older guys. So that's cool, man. I saw that. I, I I've been trying to figure it out, and I, I thought that looked like the Copenhagen car, but I wasn't wasn't for sure. That is exactly what it is, and I bought this Earnhardt one because for whatever reason, I just seem to love the Lumina the best, and that really looks like the body of the Lumina. I don't know; it doesn't say it, but. That's kind of what yeah, it looks like to that's me. Cool, man. That's my number one hat. This is the one I probably wear. Five days out of the week. Love the vintage stuff. Yeah, me too. Vintage looking anyway. Well, guys, I guess we will leave it there. Thanks, everybody, for listening. If you like and share the podcast, if you're on YouTube, subscribe to the channel. I'd like to thank our sponsor, Panini America, and, of course, Ken for joining us. And for me and the guys, we will catch you next week, and you definitely want to catch us next next week as we'll have some uh, – find out how to get, get some prizes. So, But, all right, we're out of here.